Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm here with Bijou Finney. She is a brand stylist, psychonaut, and holistic guide specializing in visionary life design for conscious entrepreneurs. Her cutting-edge therapeutic process teaches business owners how to use psychedelics and healing practices to retrain their nervous systems and clear limiting mental blocks. She is an integration alchemist that also offers transformational retreat experiences and one-on-one virtual coaching. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell us briefly about your backgrounds, because I know you have a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about your entrepreneur life. Yeah, so I... I think I was, I was raised by two entrepreneurs. So I always had that like idea that that was possible in my mind. And I went into the corporate world right out of college and I didn't last long, (laughs) but it was actually a really great experience because I learned a lot. And I also learned that I could never have a boss. And even though I loved my boss, then I have been an entrepreneur ever since. And I've always tried to optimize my life and my business utilizing my business as an opportunity for myself to grow and to learn about myself and to make waves in the world and in the small way that I could. And yeah, I think psychedelics were like huge for me in understanding where I was hitting walls and why I was and, and what unhealed behavior I was bringing into the workforce with either employees or business partners and then I got really passionate about helping entrepreneurs just because they don't have any help. They're all alone. They don't have that, the benefits of some of the big corporations. They don't have the partnerships sometimes to be able to discuss some things or to go over some things. And yeah, it's all on their shoulders. And so that's when I really started getting into how I can support entrepreneurs in being the best that they can be because the more conscious our entrepreneurs are, the better choices they're making and the better our planet is, in my opinion. So yes, I love it. That's awesome. I can so see that because, you know, I'm a young, you know, aspiring entrepreneur myself and, you know, psychedelics have really helped me stay on my path. Not going to lie. Like I've always been like, show me what I need to see or tell me what I need to know. And it always reaffirms me like, this is what you're meant to do. And that is like, no one else is going to tell you that. Like it's, it's, it's really wild. So yeah, it's essentially yourself telling yourself that mm-hmm. in a very like somatic experience, it allows you to like really feel it mm-hmm. rather than all of the chatter going on in the world that might be swaying you with the trends and mm-hmm. making you feel an obligation to other areas where that can kind of really deeply root you in your purpose and understand where you're going to thrive or and or where you're going to need to do a lot of work. So yeah, it's the vision. It's the vision for me when it comes Mm -hmm. to psychedelics. For sure. And tell us about your experience as a healer. Well, it's interesting that my relationship with the word healer is, but I think I come from a long line of healers. Like my grandfather was a doctor. My grandmother was a nurse. My mom's a massage therapist. We we definitely had some gypsy women in the past that were like into herbology and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been, I have such reverence for healers. It, at first for me, it was hard to consider myself a healer per se, but 
I will say that being a steward of medicine and having so much love for the medicine and what it can do for people and wanting to support people in their process, I guess, consider like you could consider the work that I do healing. I hope that it is at least. And yeah, I'm kind of stepping into that role more and more as I heal myself more. And as I have more experiences with other people that are so healing, like I, I never thought that I would get paid to learn and grow and heal at the same time. But it's definitely something that I've set up for myself, which is an incredible gift. That's amazing. I mean, while doing this work for others, you're also like doing the work for yourself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what about as a brand stylist? Yeah, so I think brands are they hold a special part in my, in my heart, just because an entrepreneur's brand is kind of, it is them, right? It is their ego personified. It is uh, their ability to showcase themselves in in an interesting way. And so your brand, what it looks like, the story that it tells the messaging behind it. Like if you take it seriously, it can attract the right people. It can attract the right experiences into your life. It can do its job in expressing who you are without having to necessarily put yourself out there all of the time. Sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of that, that shield of the brand, but yeah, it's, Branding has always been really interesting to me. And I went through the traditional branding path, like marketing and working for big companies and creating content. And I just really found over time that the conscious side of branding, the ethical marketing, the stuff that doesn't make people feel bad about themselves, that actually doesn't give them lack mentality, that supports them and educates them and and gives them the, the tools that they need to better themselves that's the type of entrepreneur and brand that I really resonate with and that I like working with. And so it kind of just happens, right? That when I work with people, the two things that kind of pop up that really need support are their, their brands, their personal brand or professional brand or their relationships, because I I find the parallels between them unmistakable Mm -hmm. is that's why I kind of went back and got training to support people in the relationship side because I felt like I had the branding or entrepreneurial side on lock just from all my experience but the other rough stuff that comes up with psychedelics I definitely was struggling in myself and so that was kind of where I went and did the the training for that but it goes hand in hand, right? Like your business is you and it is a part of your relationships as well, especially if you have people you're working with. So yeah, I feel like our brands are our own little mini stories, our own little mini movies that are going on. And I just feel like when people are conscious about what they put out, that actually pulls in the stuff that they're actually looking for rather than just putting out what they think is trending or what they think is what people want. Just being super authentic is kind of what I support people with doing because it is scary to be authentic Mm -hmm. right now. So you you think like making this authentic brand like creates them like become a magnet for Mm -hmm. what they need. Yes. Yeah. I can so see that. (laughs) Yeah. Version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's that sometimes we get trapped in the loop of 
uh, what do I need to say to make more money, right? To be more successful. Right. And that's the, that's the goal that a lot of people have. Whereas it's like, how can I be successful being me? How can mm-hmm. I put myself out there and attract the people that are going to be my cheerleaders and make me feel good about being myself, right? That's the the issue that I see with a lot of people is that they're either too afraid to do that or they haven't had the examples on how to do that and they don't really have the support. And so they kind of just go in the flow of things and they're like, I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing because that's a safe bet. But then that's a very like lackluster over time situation where you just feel like you're losing yourself and you're not really sharpening the tool that is yourself. You're just like uh, really running with the pack. And uh, a lot of times that means that you're not going to be as successful because you have no things to differentiate yourself. And also you're not really feeling seen, which at the root of all of our desires is to be seen and appreciated for who we really are, not for this like facade or wrapper that we put on. So, right. Yeah. This yeah. is, that's awesome. Like you're lining these people up with what they believe in. And I, you know, putting any authentic version of yourself out there definitely brings in the best that aligns mm-hmm. with you. So also tell us about your background as a psychonaut. Hmm. <laughs> well, so I would, I would not, if you looked at my past, you would never imagine that I would end up a psychonaut, which I'm sure the people that knew me in the past are like shocked, but it was kind of like, I was pretty religious and I had never really even drank very much. I think I, my first experience with cannabis was like later in college and was like very afraid of substances. And then I kind of had a lot to deal with and that, that kind of brought in my relationship with alcohol, which wasn't very healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty, pretty substantial for a while living in Austin. And uh, I ended up having a friend that suggested that I have an acid experience with them an LSD experience. And that just blew my top wide off. Like uh, I was just, wow. And it was about healing for me, but also his support was the thing. Like I wasn't by myself and he had been through it before and he was such a beautiful guide. And I think that it was important that I had that first experience because potentially if I had done a, a hit of acid by myself, it would have been profound, but I don't know if it would have been as healing and it would have probably been much more confusing to me. And so that was where it kind of started. And then I'm kind of the person that takes things a little too far at times. And I just wanted to try any and every psychedelic I could get my hands on to understand like what they were all like. And if, uh, profound healing came out of all of them. And what is this whole thing? And it was so interesting to me. It changed my life in so many ways. And through all of my medicine experiences, I really developed this beautiful relationship with psilocybin just because it's, it has that very feminine side to it, in my opinion, whereas like some of the other medicines, I just didn't resonate with as much. And they were either like super intense and not able to do all of the time to where you could really like make microscopic changes in your life with support of this catalyst. It was kind of like these big experiences, which were great, but I kind of wanted to develop this closer relationship with my medicine. And so that's when I really went 
like deep with, with psilocybin. And I mean, had many, 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 many experiences by myself and then started supporting other friends and family members and in, in meeting the medicine. And then that's when I decided to become a facilitator uh, just because I loved the work so much. So, and now fast forward to here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So with psilocybin, you were mostly taking bigger doses that were helping with your healing or were you taking microdoses as well? So I, it was like a mixture of like recreational doses that, that were like, you would say smaller that were really uh, nice opening me up to like the joy and the ecstasy and the bliss that's available with being in music settings or with friends and being respectful of the dose. And then uh, then I started uh, using microdosing as like an entrepreneurship type optimization. Mm -hmm. And then it got me so comfortable with the medicine that that's when I started using rather large doses to rewire my brain. So I would find my blocks with the microdoses, they would become apparent to me. And then I would use that intention on a big trip to really like understand it fully or heal it or dive deeper into it. And I mean, you can't control all of your trips. So it's not like I had that, that perfect flow all of the time, but I, I did develop this reverence and respect for the medicine and a knowing that allowed me to surrender much deeper uh, than if anyone were just to kind of like start at a big dose. And so the fact that I can surrender to the medicine so much easier now means I can go so much deeper Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm kind of supporting other people in doing is taking their time to maybe start with microdoses or small tea experiences where they feel very safe and they feel still somewhat in control. And then that allows them to eventually understand what their blocks are and then utilize rather big doses if they would like to, or even mid-sized doses to then work on certain things that they're they're running up against. Yeah. So like what kind of mental blocks would come up when you were microdosing and like as an entrepreneur, why do you believe microdosing helps so much? What did it do Mm. for you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So like perfectionism and imposter syndrome and lack mentality, competition, depression, stress, all of those things like really hit hard in certain times, especially in the times when you don't want them to hit. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was kind of like, what I like about psychedelics is that I can take a step back for myself and I could say, well, what is perfect to you? What is success to you? Let's focus on that rather than this random idea of perfect or, or success. And is it your idea of success? Or I've had some awesome opportunities to even interview some like billionaires or millionaires, and they still suffer from imposter syndrome too. So knowing that it's never going to go away and that it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. It's this like understanding or more of a love for yourself that allows you to kind of just take a step back and I guess, flip the narrative or understand if there's like past programming that no longer serves you that you adopted from your parents or from a coach or from a teacher, like don't be too big or you're just going to be an asshole. Whereas like in certain industries, you do, you do need to be big. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. a big mental block. So really kind of like digging in your psyche and understanding what are those weird little seeds that are back there that are 
affecting you from your past that you don't even realize are anymore. Yeah. That kind of stuff was, is massive for, for entrepreneurs in my opinion. Yes, for sure. So what was your like microdosing schedule? Like, did you do it uh, before doing work or did you do it during work? Yeah. So I'm, I tried, I mean, I did my research, so I did almost every protocol that, that there was out there. I've come to one that I like, I believe in it's my own, especially like women entrepreneurs, especially that need a little bit more of like a, a balance or are trying to, to also have the afterglow effect. What I call is like days off and even like a whole week off at the end of the month to really come back to baseline and understand what's going on and to actually reap the benefits of the work that you did while on your microdose. And so I definitely, uh, it depends on each person. Sometimes when people are dealing with a lot of stress, they'll get really tired from their microdose and then in which case they should just take it before they go to bed. But uh, most of the time I get a lot of energy from most of the strains that I take. And so I definitely take them in the morning and I make sure that I set aside time from when I start feeling it to really come into my body, whether it be meditation or a stretch or a walk. And, and then after that, it kind of just is in the background the rest of the day. If you get the right dose right for you, then you, it's a rather nice experience and it's, it's nothing. It's like a cup of coffee. Like I, I try to tell people. So yeah, I definitely do it during the day and I definitely do containers. So it's not like 365 days or like a whole year. I'll I'll do it for a three month period or come in when I have maintenance to do like the, like extra stress or like stuff from the past is coming up or little things like that. I'll support myself by intuitively taking it at this point. But that's after five years or six years of being pretty connected to that medicine. Whereas most people, when they first start, might want a different protocol or experience. So you would take it for three months and then take time off from Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. So I would do like three days a week for three weeks out of the month for three months is, is my favorite, especially for beginners. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop a container if I'm like really focusing on something or at this point now throughout the year, like I said, I'll intuitively either take a big trip for something like if a family member or dog passes away, or I have to completely close a business and start a new one, or a big move happens, like all of those things need to be processed. And Mm -hmm. I use this medicine as a catalyst to support me in that. But yeah, it really just depends on what I have going on. Do people build tolerances to? Oh, yes. Yeah. So is that why you spread it out like that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens rather quickly. I've noticed, especially when people start too much too, too fast. So like, if they, I've had people reach out to me and they're like, I'm doing 0.3 for the past seven days. And it was amazing the first two. And now I don't feel anything. And I'm like, well, first of all, that's very high. That's not, that's higher than a normal microdose, depending on how old the, the product is. Maybe it's not very strong or maybe it's old, but yeah, you don't want to come right out of the gate. Just like taking it every day at a higher dose because yes, you will develop a tolerance rather fast. And that's, that's another reason why I like the breaks. Hmm. So what is a beginner dose? 
for microdosing. It really, really never tried it. Yeah, it really, really depends because like how you fast, you metabolize things, how sensitive you are. If you're on an SSRI, Mm -hmm. Uh, you will have to take more than the average person to feel it if you even want to feel it, which I, I think most people do for the placebo effect, just to know something's going on in there, but it really depends. That's why I like people starting very low, like at a 0.05 or 0.07 or 0.1, depending on how tall and how much they weigh and then working up from there, like doubling it until they hit their sweet spot. And they're like, I can function on this. I feel great on this. And then sometimes you'll get to the point where you're like, well, it's hard to look at my phone right now. And you're like, that's too much. Right. And so that's, it's, you have to turn yourself into a mad scientist at first Mm -hmm. to understand what's right, but it should never be like so bad that you can't function. Mm -hmm. That's when, you know, you're doing it wrong and you should probably get support. But yeah, it's really so determined on like the type of person and what they have going on. And even their past traumas and current goals will really play into the type of dose or strain that they should be taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my first time I microdosed, I took like (laughs) 0.5 because I thought it was like, well, because I've taken bigger doses, Uh but so online they tell you it's like what 0.2 to like 0.5 well, I don't point, know like, I point zero 0.02 or point oh. 0.2 <laughs> 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 so I took 0.5 but you know the only things I really felt were my vision got enhanced mm-hmm. uh, I felt really really relaxed and I took it in the morning like before I ate anything mm-hmm. and um I thought I was going to be really tired that day. So I was like, dang, like, why did I take it right now? And then I went upstairs to go like work out. And I literally felt like I had pre-workout. I was mm-hmm. so energized. I was mm-hmm. like smiling so hard. I was like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. this is like coffee. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So I don't know. It's it's very interesting what the slight difference, you know, in the, how much you take makes. And oh yeah. I've noticed it really helps me focus like Mm. and for example I hate stretching but when I microdose I can sit there and stretch for like two hours and (laughs) I'll be totally happy to do it because for when you microdose it like helps you get through things for some reason like it's like you can do it you got it there's there's no rush also your body really will support you and like give you a gold star if you if you support it in somatically relieving stress so we have so much tension and stress locked up in our bodies that when you do microdose if you stretch or work out on it you're literally somatically moving that out of your body and so then you'll experience bliss and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like your body saying thank you for supporting it whereas some people if they like just take it and they sit in front of a computer for like the next 12 hours their body is like please help me support like moving this right like Mm -hmm. move your body and so that's the the either grounding into meditation where you actually feel your body for the first time in a long time or you start doing work like you you move and Mm -hmm. uh it feels really freaking good so yeah that's like just as important as the dose and the strain and the amount that you're taking Mm -hmm. I've always felt the need to move when I microdose because 
every, like, I always feel what part of my body is like going wrong. Like say it's way too tense and it's like, get up and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And it like screams at me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's really crazy. So how does one use magic mushrooms to reprogram the brain? So what's interesting about the brain is sometimes we will focus or get in loops about things and getting in that loop, like worrying is not um, using energy in a, an efficient way, right? It's, it's worthless emotion, in my opinion, just because it's not going to get you anywhere. It's only going to stress out your nervous system. So there's a lot of ways that it helps, but uh, relaxing your nervous system, uh, giving yourself the space to step back and look at yourself, having support and uncovering your blocks and, and repairing the narrative or healing the trauma, right? So there's practices that you can do where you can go back to that place where you were maybe wronged or hurt and you can uh, repair it. You can actually go back and and experience it as the stronger, more uh, available adult than you were when you were a child per se. Or you can... Uh, look at a narrative that you have and have someone else's support in repairing that narrative in the sense that you're like, but what if it was actually this? What if this Mm -hmm. is actually a gift in this way? And sometimes it's such a knowing in your soul. You're like, no, that's actually the truth, right? I've been holding on to this other thing that was actually someone else's and that's the truth. And when you are told it by another person on a microdose, it allows it to slip in so much easier. Mm -hmm. So it is like reprogramming. And that's why it's important that you not like listen to scary news or watch scary movies on a microdose, like be conscious about the the content or the people that you're around that you're consuming, right? And so then your brain's like, oh, this is, this is a new pattern that I'm proving. This is what we're working on going forward. And it's, it's silly how simple it is, honestly, uh, how people are like, oh my God, all I needed to do was talk to you about that and, and stay with my microdose for a little while to like really let that crystallize inside of myself. But now it's kind of like, I am surprised I thought any other way before it's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. And it's also so cool. Like, I mean, they're still doing a lot of studies, but hearing about how microdosing can actually change like your thought patterns and help you start thinking more positively. It's actually really crazy. And I've only done it a few times and I've noticed this effect on me Mm -hmm. and just like the way psilocybin has impacted me it has really shown me the true power it has for people who really need to heal through a lot of stuff or who have you know negative mindsets towards a lot of things because I feel like it could do amazing things I mean if you're willing to change and you're willing to get better Mm -hmm. this could do a lot for some people and I'm just really excited for more people to be open to this and how when we have more access eventually mm-hmm. hopefully with all the laws and ah, craziness crossed. yeah mm-hmm. but it's truly crazy and, and it's not just these microdoses the big doses too I mean mm-hmm. obviously you have to be careful with how much you take and everything but these bigger doses I feel like it matters it, it matters on the person for mm-hmm. it, I think it matters how open you are with yourself mm-hmm. as well and I feel like I'm very open with myself and transparent. I have an insane situations where I've literally went into the spiritual realm before and talked to entities and Mm -hmm. they were able to show me who I am 
and Mm -hmm. why I do certain things. And that completely changed my life after that one experience. And I started gaining my power back. And that was at a time where I was going through a lot, you know, emotionally and, and through that one trip, it just like sealed everything I went through and reprogrammed me again. And I was like, I felt completely changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. The more open you are, the more self-work that you've done, you will go leaps and bounds. Like you'll mm-hmm. go fast, but mm-hmm. if you're new to self-work as well, like you can still start small and get support And like you're saying, really look at what has happened to you in your life and feel power over it for the first time or feel empowered enough to make the changes that need to happen in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not going to change your life in the sense that taking that is all of a sudden going to change everything. It's going to change you in order to change everything. And and that's the number one thing that people tell me out of their experience with psilocybin. It is, I am finally empowered enough to do the things that I know I need to do and change the things that I want to change and go after the things that I desire so deeply. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You, you get that inspiration, but there's a lot of work you got to do after that. And having a coach or having someone like a therapist to, you know, talk through with it, like that would help so much more because you get all that inspiration and then it can completely disappear once you're sober again and your life comes back and, and you're not thinking the same way. So yeah. Yeah. Integration is really important. And whether you get support in doing it or you have a journaling process or you keep coming back to it, even with small doses of medicine to tap back into that inspiration or that intuition is really important. I think that's one of the main things that if anyone's going to take away a message from maybe even this conversation is it's not just enough to have experiences is like the integration after the fact is really important. So if you're not going to do it with someone that has experience, then definitely look up integration practices and, and really be diligent about doing them all with this medicine. Definitely. So how does healing your past trauma make you successful or potentially Ooh, successful? <laughs> I like that question. Well, it makes you happier, first of all, and everyone wants to be happy no matter what they're doing in their yeah. lives, right? It also uh, helps you because the, your past traumas created this ego, right? That is going to save you from the past trauma. And those are walls. Those are keeping you from intimacy. Those are making you hard to communicate as a boss. Those are blocking you from vision and your creativity. Those are keeping you small because Mm -hmm. you don't want to get too big and get hurt again. And so there are so many blocks to your success that you have had from your past that uh, if they were no longer there, you would be happier and bigger and better than you are currently, in my humble opinion. Definitely. (laughs) For sure. So what can you do to awaken your power and impact? Well, first of all, I think it's looking at the narratives that you have, right? You have to understand them uh, in order to change them if they need to be changed. And then it's not just enough to talk 
about it, right? You need to somatically feel that you are powerful. And that's, mm -hmm. what's really beautiful about this medicine is if you desire to tap into that power and know what it feels like in your body, you can have that intention and typically have that experience, but then it's also more powerful to be witnessed as that person. So for instance, in some of our retreat experiences, when we do rewilding for women, women don't believe that they can be big and beautiful and themselves and that other women will love them for that. Right. And so that belief keeps you small and hurt in a lot of ways. But if you get witnessed in your power and appreciated and accepted for that, that is game changing. That is when right. your body and your mind go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like this is real. They saw it. They, they appreciated it. I did it. And that's when the the script gets flipped and you mm -hmm. can go off in a totally different way. So there's lots of ways to do it, not just retreats, but playing with your power, being observed, playing with your power, being appreciated for your power. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. A lot of times people in your life don't really love you changing, but mm -hmm. you do have to find the tribe that is going to appreciate your growth and going to observe you in your growth. So definitely find yeah. them and do that work. Yes. And it can be kind of hard to find that tribe too. <laughs> Cause mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes the people closest to you can't see that stuff, you know, it's mm -hmm. like the people from the outside mm -hmm. and then that you can bring in, but yeah, that is very important. Yeah. The people from our past are seeing the past versions of ourselves and that makes mm -hmm. it hard to grow. Whereas new people are seeing the current version of yourself and your potential, right? Yes. And so that's why it's important to not get stuck in these like groups where you still keep your core group if they're healthy, but you need to start looking for more people as you up level, you need to find friends who are up leveling and doing the self work, doing the entrepreneurial work, doing the corporate work, whatever it is, right? You need to be up leveling with your, your tribes and that comes with scary scariness, but that's, what's great about plant medicines is you can get past that scariness and, and even find people through plant medicines who are doing the big work that are willing yes. to have those conversations. Definitely. We can, there, we are a great community. That's, there's a lot of crazies. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there's a lot of crazies. So it's mm -hmm. like, there's like two types of plant medicine people. It's some are just, you know, little crazy other ones are like I feel like entrepreneurs and they're very mm -hmm. into the medicine and they try to collect all these people together but yeah definitely navigate wisely but I feel like any person in this like healing community massage therapist uh -huh. like anytime I don't know I just get such an amazing connection with those types of people yeah I feel like there's something that bonds all of us like we're all yes. just trying to help people get better and that is I don't know. There's something there. There's some magic. Yeah. That's, I will say that there's people who are grounded in the, in the plant medicine and then people who are like space cadets in the yes, plant medicine. Yes, right. Yes. And it, and I think that like ceremony, ritual support, integration, all of those things make you grounded in the medicine and don't make you spin off into the ether where mm -hmm. you like look insane and give plant medicine a bad name. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't look at just small like cosms, like microcosms of people and assume blanket that everyone is a certain way. Right. Because that's definitely not the case. In fact, you would be shocked at my 
that my clients, majority of them, you would never imagine doing this. And that's why this stigma about plant medicine needs to be relieved because mm -hmm. it's not just crazies doing and it. Hippies and all yeah. This. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm even part of a group called base Staters, and they work towards, you know, decriminalizing plant medicines, you know, all over Massachusetts and a grassroots. So they're, they're working, we're working our way through, but even like the person who leads it, like he's even had facilitated trips for like government people, like who's been like going through a lot and, and then they come back the next day and they're like, wow, that was like the best like time of my life. Like I mm -hmm. needed that relief so badly and people are so stressed and you know what they mostly go to alcohol, yeah. <laughs> nicotine, all, you know, everything that's causes them more stress, more harm. Mm -hmm. And, but there's all these options out there, but guess what? Most of them are illegal. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. One day it won't be. Oh yeah. But you know, that's why we do our work. We're trying to open people's eyes to what's out there. Really humans. Yes. <laughs> I know. So what success have you seen in, with your client cases? Oh, that's what, that's another reason why I love psilocybin so much is that uh it can help in so many ways sometimes people don't believe all the different ways that it can help and i i have to preface it by saying that it works in so many different capacities because it goes to the root of the problem right mm -hmm. so most of our addictions most of our depressions most of our lack of focus lack of connection all of those things come from a root problem mm -hmm. so when people come to me and they're like i'm really suffering with depression or i have this addiction that i can't kick or uh, i really just have zero vision about the future or i have this major trauma that's that's affecting me and not allowing me to move forward all of those things can be affected by support and and plant medicine work so i've seen at this point, almost everything you could imagine come out of it. I've seen couples reconnecting. I've seen families reconnecting. I've seen um, people get over pretty hard addictions. I've seen people ch completely changing their life up and turning into the type of person that the world needs right now in just a year, right? So it's, it's pretty major, some of the experiences that I've had. And maybe one day when it's more legal and I won't get in so much trouble, I will be able to share about all of these amazing stories. But yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what's possible with a little bit of support and, mm -hmm. and the catalyst that is going to shake you enough to actually allow you to take a different path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited for the future of psilocybin and like the other plant medicines as well. Cause you know, there, it can provide us with so much light into our own selves. And that's something we can't get on our own. <laughs> like <laughs> our brains will just not allow us to see certain perspectives of, of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very beautiful thing for a transformation. And why wouldn't you want to elevate yourself why wouldn't you want to get better and understand yourself and have the best life you possibly can? And that's how I see plant medicine. I see it as, you know, using, you know, intelligently using these plant medicines to enhance your life. What's wrong mm -hmm. with that? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this was really amazing. So what can we all do to help get magic mushrooms legalized across the country? 
Good question. <laughs> Wonderful question. Well, you can vote. You can uh, support the local communities that are helping, right? So there's an app that I'm going to send you the link if you could put it in the show notes that oh, yeah. that a good friend, Laura Dawn, has created that allows for reciprocity and allows for the communities that we're getting these plant medicines from to actually be repaid in some way. There's decriminalized nature organizations. There's so many people that are doing the footwork and you just have to support them. Uh, and then it's also having the conversations with people that matter in your families and uh, as friends and maybe do your research and understand that these are not these scary things that are hurting anyone. They are actually, uh, if done with respect, wonderful. And, and really just having a conversation. It's as simple as a conversation uh, and maybe a little bit of a donation and or your own experience with it. And yeah, making sure it goes up. And when it comes up, time to be voted on, like actually going and voting on it. Because mm -hmm. I think that it's it's the kind of huge shift that needs to happen in our world right now. Mm -hmm. uh, without that, I don't know how it's possible that we will get the big shift that's necessary right. for our future. So I do feel like it's paramount for our society right now. So mm -hmm. if you can do your part, person that's listening, thank you. <laughs> yes, for real, because the people making the laws, they're like one person away from like making it happen. Like even in Amherst, Massachusetts, we were very close to getting it passed. We were gonna, UMass Amherst, which is one of the biggest research schools in Massachusetts, we were gonna be the first one to study psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Like for the school operated, like that is actually insane. Like all the benefits that would come from that, you know? Mm -hmm. But one person was like, nah, I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. After months of trying to educate these people. So we really have to group together, even check out Bay Staters. You can find them on Instagram. They definitely have some things you can sign so they can submit yeah. and all that. But yeah, it really takes everyone's work. If you believe in plant medicine, you must be a part of this. You, you know, go for the mm -hmm. movement. We don't want this to be away from us this long. You know, we need it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, this was awesome. Please tell my listeners where they can find you on social media, any websites. Anything? Yeah. Well, I'm Mushroom Mamacita at this point, but I also have a backup account that is a Microdose Mamacita just because Instagram has taken away my account before, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, there's there or Story X Style is my website. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to me. People reach out to me with questions all the time and I love connecting with them. Awesome. And I will Thank link you. that in the description. Thank you so much for taking the Thank time you. to be here today. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, 
real life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.